Hey friends, welcome to the Life with Chris and Tatum podcast, where each week we'll talk about practical and relevant topics to help you live a life of freedom and purpose. Thanks for joining us today. For more information, please visit lifefellowship.tv. And now let's tune in with Chris and Tatum. Hey, everybody. Welcome to the Life with Chris and Tatum podcast. We are so thankful that you have chose to join with us on this inaugural podcast, the very first of its kind. It sounds really formal when you say that, but we're so glad that you're joining in. We're happy to have you. Welcome. We really are. And what we're asking you to do right off the bat, it would mean a lot to us if you would take a second and share this podcast with your friends. Share it. You guys can like us, follow us. uh, How about subscribe? Yeah. Yeah. And follow. Yeah. How about subscribe, like, share, tell? How about we do it all? The more we do, the better we do. But we just want to take uh, new ground here as a church, and so we are so excited for this. In fact, let me tell you, we're going to be doing this podcast every single week. And the reason for that is we believe that there is uh, a, a number of people that while you're, uh, maybe while you're driving, while you're at the gym, maybe you're out taking a walk, maybe you're sitting in the backyard, maybe you're at home, uh, that you can take this podcast and get these thoughts deposited down in your heart and it can be an encouragement to you. That's what we're praying. Yeah. We want to be a part of your day, be a part of your week, and hopefully inspire you guys with some um, truth from God's Word, and maybe, just maybe, we might entertain you. Yeah, and we're going to actually tell you some things out of our own lives. We're going to get very real with you. There's going to be a lot of, uh, we're, we're hopefully going <laughs> to, we're going to laugh a lot, and uh, it, it's going to be absolutely fun. In fact, let me just say this. Our vision for this podcast is that it would have the opportunity to be one of your favorite parts of the week that you can't wait for it to uh, to drop so that you can you can listen to it, it can encourage you, and we really pray that it's going to help develop you into the champion uh, for God that I know is on the inside of you. And so whether you, wherever you're listening from, whether it's here in Dallas, uh, a part uh, around this nation, or really around this world, we want to welcome you, and we're so glad that you've chose to join with us. Today, what we want to do is this. We want to begin by giving you a little bit of, um, I wanted to just take pull the curtain back and give you kind of a sneak peek into our lives. Now, here's where I want to, I want to go today, and Tatum doesn't even know this yet. In fact, she's looking at me with her eyes wide open right now. I have now. no idea what you're going to say. Well, here's what I want to say, honey, and that's this. A lot of people have heard my story, but not everybody has heard your story. And so I'll tell a little bit of my my story, but I want you to take just a little bit, and uh, I want you to tell folks uh, really your your journey of faith, kind of what God began in you uh, to to where you're at today. Sure, I'm going to do that. Yeah. yeah, my journey of faith. So, um, now, it's okay if I ask questions, right? Of course, okay. we wouldn't have conversation if you didn't ask questions. Okay, let's do it. So I'm going to start. Um, Let me just tell you, yeah, I guess how I met the Lord. Yeah, let's start at the beginning. So I grew up in a Christian home. Um, I'm the youngest. Well, I was the youngest of four kids until I turned uh, 13 and I had a younger brother. So there's five of us. I'm the fourth. And my family grew up um, going to church, but I really didn't encounter 
Jesus for myself personally until I was 12 years old. I grew up um, in an Assembly of God church, First Assembly of God in Memphis. And when I was 12, um, had one of those um, moments for me that was just life-changing. I remember the moment. I know where I was sitting. I remember the feeling, the emotion, the change that happened. It was truly like, uh, you know, life-changing. So I got saved in a service that my cousins actually invited our family to come to. Do you guys, do you remember that um, program churches used to have back in the 90s called Heaven's Gates, Hell's Flames? Of course, yeah. It was like a theatrical, <laughs> this is what happens when you die, and there were all of these it's scenes. It's a big drama, big everybody, production. where they give people an idea, if you were to die without Christ, this is a, a depiction yes. of what hell would be like. And it's so real. that It's gripping. There's yeah. families, and they imagine they're in a car accident, and then they wake up, and they're at the gates of heaven. And so it impacted your life. Greatly, Massively. greatly. I was sitting in the balcony of the church, up in the balcony, and um, they gave the call for salvation, and I just, of course, was drawn. The Holy Spirit was tugging on my heart, and I go down to the front. And yeah, from that, I remember leaving that night, and I rode in the car with my older brother, who was like 17 at the time. He was driving us there. And I remember walking out to the parking lot. I, f- I, I physically remember the feeling of like, lighter. Like I just felt the weight of my own sin and my own past like lifted. It was awesome. So that was um, as a 12-year-old, mm-hmm. which looking back on the timing of God really um, changing me could not have been more perfect setup um, of the Lord in that it was six months later from that time time frame when my parents went through uh, a divorce, which in God's goodness and grace, He really knew what what I was about to walk through as a you know young teen, and um, just was everything that I needed that I didn't even know I needed because of what was about to happen in my life. So and you were you were kind of a little bit wild too, weren't you back in the day? I was not always a nice girl. When you were like twelve, didn't you guys go sneak out and like? get into somebody else's car, and you drove it down the road. Were you driving? Wasn't that right? Chris is not supposed to share these stories with the world, but... You were driving the car at 12? No, I was 13. I was kind of bad. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Me and my friend took her mom's car, if my mom's listening. Okay. I'm sorry, mom. Um, yeah. Yeah, we did. We went on a little joy ride. Mm-hmm. The cops got called, and they were searching for us. At 13. Yes. It was bad. We didn't get caught by the police, but we got mm-hmm. busted hard by her parents when we got home. My parents. It was not a good day in my life. Let's not talk about it. Okay. <laughs> so this is after your conversion at 12, and after, then you're still driving the cars. So my parents go through a divorce, and I went a little wild. Okay, yeah. But let me just say, so I know everyone's— can I just be real? Is it okay if I'm asking these questions? Yeah, yeah, okay, yeah it's okay. Yeah, okay. No, what I want to say is, yes, there was a period of time that I did not follow as closely with the Lord, but I always had the Holy Spirit. There was a lot of conviction happening when I was going through these early high school years of really, um, uh, I don't know how to describe, like back and forth. You know that roller coaster of spiritual walk that you think, I'm forgive me, God, I'm done. I'm not going to do that anymore. And then the draw, the pull of the friends and the peers, the the in, you know, the peer pressure. 
pulling um, at you to not live for the Lord. And so, so let me just stop there and just say this, that if you're listening to this right now and you know, you've given your heart to the Lord, you're, you're trying to run after him. Listen, everybody falls down, but <laughs> failure is not falling down. It's falling down and not getting back up. Yes. And so even if there's moments that, man, you've given your heart to the Lord, you feel him drawn on your, on your heart, listen, we all sin. We all miss it. And for those of you that are parents and you're like, well, I thought my kid got rocked by God last year at camp, and now yeah. I see what's going on, don't give up. Don't yes. give up. Who knows? Your, your son, your daughter might turn out to be a pastor's wife or a pastor or an incredibly used by God in all different facets of life. So don't don't give up. Don't give up. Tatum is the example of don't give up. Don't give up. Don't give up. Okay, so now you are 15 or 16. Let me walk into like around, yeah, 15 years old is when I I actually came to a place in my walk with God where I was done. I felt finished with playing games and more ready to be serious, like committed. I'm not going to, I'm going to separate myself from, from friends who are not walking with God and there okay, was a defining so that, moment. Okay, there's so much that you just said there. So yeah. show me your friends and I'll show you your future. There's got to come yes. a point in all of our lives that we have to cut off the world. Yes. Because if you don't, it'll continue to pull you back in. And so for you, that was a big deal because you were a very popular girl in school. You, I mean, you were voted what? Most most beautiful girl in, in the school and all that. And so all that stuff is something that could be a pull from a popularity standpoint. Yeah. And you cut it all off and said... Well, I ain't going yeah. that direction. Yeah. I took a stand. I wouldn't say necessarily like that I cut it off. I took a stand, which was which was really for me it was one of the most difficult things ever besides my parents going through a divorce and then having to make a choice that everybody who I've been friends with who have been my kind of go-to crowd in the middle of high school um for my whole life I can't be around them because I know that's my uh, there's temptation there that I'm not strong enough to stand up against. So I was one of those kids who came to my youth group uh, at church, and I was the only kid from my school there. So I felt as if, at times, I don't have any other friends. I don't have, like, I don't know anybody here. I live 45 minutes away from my church. You know, I'm going to go because I'm hungry. I want I want to know Jesus. I want to be in His presence. I want to grow. I want to learn. But, but I don't know these teenagers. And then at my school, of course, I know all of them. Um, but I can't hang out with them. So, so yeah, there was a. But but for those that are that are listening and they have become Christ followers <laughs> of the Lord, I think it's really encouraging to them because here's what I believe: that peer pressure doesn't end after high school. Yeah, of course. Uh, that draw doesn't end. So yeah. whether you're forty, whether you're yeah. sixty, whether you're thirty, it doesn't matter the age. There's still a draw to go hang back out, and there's got to the be old a definitive yeah. cut. In a line drawn in the sand that I'm not going to do that. It says, and I yeah. love how you you even said I don't even know anybody, but I'm going to insert myself into this and I'm going to step in. And there's a lot of people that are sometimes nervous stepping into a church environment because they're like, "Well, God's done this thing yeah. in my heart, and I don't know anybody, so man, I don't know if I can really connect in." Yeah. And you pushed past that. Yeah, with the help, and that's of not the, easy for with you. The help I know of the Holy Spirit, because yeah. I'm yeah, naturally I'm a pretty introverted, like a shy person. I'm happy to sit in a room and just watch people. Um, I really have to make myself step out to show myself friendly. Otherwise, I kind of seem like I'm not, even though 
You know, I said this on our yeah. last uh, uh, midweek service. I said, Dale Carnegie made this statement. He said, you'll make more friends in mm-hmm. two weeks than you will in two months by simply becoming interested in other people yeah. than trying to Don't get them wait to become interested in you. Yeah. So ask people, what's your name? Where are you from? How yeah. many kids you get? Where do you live? And coming back to really just knowing what your um, what is a temptation for you, what is a weakness for you in your own spiritual walk and where you're at. And if if you can't be around a certain group or a certain crowd because you know there are things happening there that are going to pull me away from the Lord, having the maturity and the strength to say, I'm not going to put myself in that position, which is not easy. But so, anyone can, you can do it. So let me say it like this. You maybe heard me say this once or twice. If you really like Big Macs, it's really hard to say no to a Big Mac when you are at the counter and the mm-hmm. lady behind the McDonald's register is saying, hey, welcome to McDonald's. Can I take your order, please? Mm-hmm. It's a whole lot easier if you just don't go to the store. Yep. So you just, I mean, you have to draw the line in the sand. And you that do. was really crucial. In that fact, crucial. that's yeah. one of the biggest things that I've noticed in all kinds. Whenever there's a true change in someone's heart and you've connected with the world in certain ways, you got to cut it off. Yep. And God will meet your relational needs in healthy ways. He will. He's, he shows himself faithful if you just step out and do the hard thing, mm-hmm. the hard right thing. Yeah. So your parents have gone through a divorce. It was tough. It just gut-wrenched. Uh, and then you made a decision. I'm going to live for God. Yeah. The 15th, and now, now you go I on go on a mission trip, trip, which was life-changing for me. So which, by the way, this is one of the reasons why I married you. Ooh, because I went on a mission trip? No, what happened on the mission trip? <laughs> so what happened on the mission trip is that the Lord called me into ministry. I was 15 years old. I went hey, tell to the Mexico. Place, t- t- tell the city because you know how to say it. We didn't go there. Okay. But let me just explain the okay. story. When we were in Veracruz, yeah. Mexico, a lady befriended me who was working at the church as a 15-year-old. She sat with me on the bus every day, all day. And she taught me how to say this city in Mexico. And anytime I meet someone from there, They're I impressed. like to act like I know okay. what I'm say saying, but I don't say. know. So the city, there's a city called Halambare. Hold on, I forgot. Hold on. <laughs> Parangari Kutiri Mikwaro. That's what it's called. Hallelujah. Parangari Kutiri Mikwaro. Hallelujah. Anyway. Okay, but you're on this mission so God rocks your I brought your back the understanding of how to say this city from Mexico, but also really the Lord called me into ministry. Um, yeah, as a 15-year-old, I knew God was calling me to full-time ministry. So I came home with that in my heart, told my parents. Hey, if you've never been on a missions trip, go on a missions trip. If your kids have never been on a missions trip, send go, them on go. a missions trip. I yep. know we're dealing with COVID right now. But that's not going to be here for forever. Come on, everybody. You, you got to get outside of the four walls of this nation and go on a missions trip. Life-changing. Yep. Life-changing. And it was for me. So, um, yeah, I came home from that trip. And um, then it was kind of like game on with me and the Lord, if I can put it like that. There was really not not too much like turning back. as I was just hungry for God, passionate about figuring out what he wanted for my life. And I was going into my junior year in high school. So what else do you want to know, babe? Well, that's great. That's wonderful. I I just think it's a great encouragement to basically parents and all of us that regardless of whatever age you're at, wherever, wherever you're at, there has to come a defining moment that you walk, that you, you turn to God. And when that happens, don't be surprised if you stumble, that's not the end of it. I know a lot of people, they've, they've but fall. But don't steal a car. Don't, 
yeah, and drive around with your friends. Yeah, don't do that either. Uh, but don't <laughs> stay down. And there needs to be a definitive separation uh, from those that are trying to pull. You got you to gotta know who the people you're on a mission with and the people that you're on a mission for. Yeah. And there's a big differentiation there. You, yep. And you have to purposely surround yourself with people that... We're going to build you up uh, yeah. and encourage you. And that and you see something with. in. I, I want to be with them because they influence me to be more like Jesus. Well, do you think that you would be uh, here as the pastor's wife here at Life Fellowship, impacting all the kind of people you're doing, if you would have not made that decision? No, I, I really doubt it. I think yeah. I would have kept going down the same path of just you would have got doing the wrong thing. back into yeah. where you're at. Yeah. Everybody, I'm telling you, the enemy is so sneaky. He will put people in your pathway to try to bring you back to the place of... Because, listen, he has he's having a heart attack right now when he sees you trying to take steps towards God. In fact, he's probably maybe trying to distract you from listening to this podcast right now. I'm telling you, it it matters who your closest yeah. sphere of influence is. Show me is. your friends and I'll show you your future. And that doesn't matter what age you are. Yeah. It doesn't matter what age you are. Show me your friends. You are becoming the average of your top five closest friends. That's true. Massively important. And I'm so glad that you went on that mission trip. I'm so glad God got in touch, uh, got, got a hold, hold of, of your heart. Yeah. Uh, because that was one of the things that drew me to you. Yeah. So that was right before my junior year of high school. And then just to give a little history on Chris and I, when I was a senior in high school, that's when we started dating. So that's kind of how it happened. And that is a story for another time. However, today, so that that's a, a that's a the highlight the highlight of of uh, Tatum's walk with God, really how God began the, the journey of getting a hold of you. And mm-hmm. uh, I'm telling you, honey, I am so thankful for you, and I love you. All right, here's what we're going to do. I want to transition to something we're going to do every single week. We want to answer your questions. So not only are we going to bring topics every week and interview different guests. We want to answer your questions live on this podcast. And so uh, the first mailbag question came in. And so if you have one and you would like to be a part of the next podcast for us to answer this, please email us at info at lifefellowship.tv. Yes. Info at lifefellowship.tv. We want to hear from you. So okay. send us your questions. Okay. So Tatum, I'm going to throw this one at you. All right. Um, this, is, this comes from a single girl that is here at Life Fellowship. And here's what she wrote. She said, oftentimes in church, we talk about what to do in marriages to keep each other happy and focused on God. But most people don't talk about dating before marriage. It seems like the only thing that's discussed is not to have sex before marriage. But there's Mm got to be more that goes along with that, I'm guessing. It would be really nice to hear some helpful and realistic tips on what to look for in a partner and how to stay pure in your Christianity when dating. So Tatum, do you have yes, any advice? Yes, what to look for in a partner. So I would say top of your list has to be um, that they are a believer. If you're looking um, around for someone to date and their priority is not Jesus, then don't look at them to date. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, yeah, no, it, it has to be, that's the first thing. And that's, I think is a common um, common mistake that young Christians are considering having relationships or dating with people who don't even have the same faith as them. And that's just initially setting you up to fail. So um, yeah, it has to be someone who believes the same as you, has the same core values as you. Um, where do we go from here? I mean, for me, I would say 
They have to have a job. I mean, don't consider dating someone if they don't have a job. Then they just get removed from your list. Um, and then, you know, um, be prayerful. So my, my my encouragement for you would be um, don't f- feel that because you don't have someone in your life relationally. I'm not saying you shouldn't have that desire because I believe God's given you that. You want to you wanna have a spouse one day. But you are— um, you are complete in who you are as a single person right now. So um, don't feel that some needs are going to be met. Some like person is going to complete you. I would encourage you to keep running after the Lord for your heart and your focus and your passion to be um, on Jesus. And then just believe that the Lord's going to bring this person into your life at the right time. I know Chris is going to yeah. say something here because no. he's all... Yeah. So I want to say this. Guys that are listening right now, the Bible says this, he that finds a wife finds a good thing. Uh, you have to go find them. They're, they're not just going to come to you. You have to go seek them. He that finds a wife yes. finds a good thing. And so I would say that in the process of you finding one, I would seek the one, that's Jesus, while you're waiting for your number two, okay? So seek the one while you that's wait for good. your number two. That's uh, n- number two, make sure you understand, you're going to have to go find them. They're not going to necessarily just come come to you. So go, th- there's a lot of different ways that there we can do that. There are a lot of ways, yeah. yeah. I mean, thank goodness for the internet, and that's given us different opportunities. What is in there, like ChristianMingle.com? I don't know. I don't know what the- Be careful. Be careful. And that's why it comes to my third point, and that's this. In your dating, I think, you know, I made mention of this this last year, love is blind. And so when you start, you know, feeling for somebody, uh, that love is blind, and now all of a sudden you're not making wise decisions because you're not seen through- Sometimes the true colors of where somebody is at because you are blinded by you, what you're you really, enamored. really, really want. Yeah. yeah. So allow your your so you friends to speak into your relationship. You need some, yeah. you need some people. Don't that- have those secret dating. Hey, I'm dating this guy, but I'm not telling anybody about it because I kind of want to wait and see. No hidden Keep secrets. Keep it transparent yeah. with other people. Yep. Yeah. And allow them to really give their input if they love you and they love the Lord and they know you well. Then you know. Listen to what they have to say as they meet this person, as they see you guys together, and as they uh, interact. You know, listen to what they're saying as well. Be wise. Don't just think, "Hey, he's the first guy or the second guy," and I really feel like this, and I think I'm going to marry him. But allow people, if your parents and your friends, um, who you know are for you, to have uh, have a voice in in that. But yeah, you do have to look, not just not just waiting, but God will bring the person into your life at the right time. Yes, he will. And so uh, we are so thankful for our time today that we've had. Our time has actually run out. I talked Tatum, all I of have it. really yep. enjoyed hearing your story. There's parts of it that I didn't even know. Really? Yeah, and I love that. Hmm. I love finding out new things about you, sweetie, all the time. I do. I, re- I really do. Thanks, babe. And so, hey, once again, I just it would mean so much to me if you would uh, do me a favor and subscribe and follow uh, share this podcast with your friends. Tell your friends. You can put it out on social media. And I'm so excited next week to be able to share with you because uh, next next week, I want to share with you a topic that has really been sparking in my heart here recently. And that is, I want to give you five ways to overcoming the COVID burnout. Mm. A lot of people are burned out by life yes, and COVID. And I'm going to give you five practical ways next 
week in the podcast that you're not going to want to miss. All right, everybody. So from Tatum and I, this is life getting, (laughs) this is getting real. And so we hope you guys have a great rest of your day. Yes. Have a great day. See you guys. All right. Bye-bye.